the year is 1969. Somehow your best friend convinces you to take a drive. Where? Well, to Bethel, New York. Home of Woodstock. After a long travel, you finally arrive and see the seas of people. Thousands. And you hear this amazing, amazing music being played by a 22-year-old Carlos Santana. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 34 of the Bobby Kudo Show. Hello everyone. I hope you enjoyed that little journey. Amazing. Mind-blowing. And this was it for Carlos Santana. This was his start. He was the uh, he was the opener for Woodstock August 16th, 1969. Welcome everybody. Welcome to the Bobby Kudo show. And I am so glad to be here. I hope you are all well. I hope everybody's strapped in. We've got a packed episode today. I got a lot to talk about. It's been a crazy week. I'm sure you all have been crazy. I'm still working. So whether you're still working as an essential <laughs> or you're home doing your part, keeping uh, keeping the social distancing going, thank you. I will tell you that um, I have been watching the Trump press conferences, the COVID-19 task force uh, conference, news conferences every day. Like a loyal American, you know, I figure it's my loyal duty and responsibility, you know, figuring, you know, where I work, I'm somewhat responsible for um, just the uh, overall Corona-19 prevention, let's just say. So I figured, you know, listening to the president and the task force is vital. They've got information that I may need, that uh, I may need to be aware of. But it seems uh, every day it's the same story over and over again. It's a it's a it's a comment. It's a it's some some type of attack. Oh, I'm tired, guys. Are you? You must be. So therefore, I wanted to pull us out of that. You know what I mean? I I just I'm kind of sick sick about just sick of hearing, sick of talking about Corona. I know it's alive. I know it's real. And I know that we need to keep it on the forefront just for safety uh, concerns but uh jeez man there's nothing else else there's nothing else going on out there it's it's it's, it's amazing dr uh, anthony fauci right everybody loves him you know this guy's out here telling us that everything's going to be all right so much so that they decide to open up the beaches in 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 florida <laughs> I, uh, you know, I hate to be a downer in all this, man, but we still got, we still got people dying. You know, I, I, I live in Massachusetts. If you, if you look at the map, 
We got a big old zit on Massachusetts. It's gigantic. It's big. We uh, thank you, Carlos Santana. Appreciate that. Amazing guys. Um, and uh, we're still kind of in the height of this thing and trying to figure out what the hell and uh, how the hell we're going to get out of it. I mean, I think at this point uh, you have come to the conclusion or realization that you know things will just never be the same again. Uh, these um, these are all things that have changed, and I think uh, we have to realize that um, this is it, right? I mean, wh- what are you going to do? I mean, either you have to uh, con- you're going to conform and realize that you know you don't want to get sick, uh, God forbid. I mean, you're hearing these terrible stories about people going to the hospital and never to be heard from again. It's uh, it's terrible, man. It's terrible. But I mean, so they open up the beaches of Florida. Like I, I don't, I don't. You know, to me, you know, I'll use the analogy. It's you know, it's like it's like jumping out of an airplane, right, with a parachute, and then you know, you you open the parachute and you use the parachute and it slows your descent to Earth, and then right before you get to to right right before you get to planting your feet on earth, you, you release the parachute, right? And you hit the ground and break both your legs. Like it just, I think it's too soon. You know what I mean? I think we need to wait a minute. Uh, some of you may disagree. I guess, you know, the, there are people out there living in states that aren't seeing or aren't as um, susceptible to uh, what's going on here. But man, we are drowning in it right now. And that's a big deal. You know, New York, I, I think New York is doing better, I guess, better if you want to call it better. I mean, just to, you know, again, I, I'm, I, you know what? I'm talking about it now because I we got so much to talk about in the show. I got some great stuff, and I'm excited to get to that. But I just want to get through this because I think it's important to bookmark, you know, where we're at based on uh, our conversations, you know, week to week. But uh, just so you're aware, um, the United States right now, you know, I'm, I'm sure I mean, everybody's looking. I mean, they're looking at the numbers, um, but worldwide, I mean, the United States, seven hundred and sixty-four thousand. Um, cases confirmed, forty thousand deaths. I mean, that, that's that's pretty serious. That's we're we're number one. You know what I mean? We uh, we surpassed everyone else, and we got there. I mean, somehow China is only reporting eighty-two thousand and four thousand deaths. I don't even know how that's even possible. Either the website, I mean, either Google's giving us bad information here, or somebody's not telling the truth. But either way, you know, when this all started, um, you know, I I I, I don't typically like to talk about this individual but in this case you know i get so frustrated because um you know it was um jimmy kimmel and doing like a you know one of these hokey over the over the you know over the air facetime with people and kind of and it happened to be nancy pelosi and i guess she's rather than being in the house and and you know obviously voting on things that we need for american people including this you know, small business stimulus that, that they really, really need to push forward. Instead, she's somewhere with all her family and she's showing off all the ice cream and all the food and she's got baskets. I think maybe it was Easter. Maybe it was around that. Maybe I was a little late on the... But either way, um, there she is doing that. You know, there's so much more important business. You know, not that I would ever um, say that, you know, someone's got to give up their personal life for business. But in this case, you know, you got Americans that are dying and these these um, these decisions are so vital and so quick. But you know, I just want to take us back here real quick. February twenty fourth. Let me set the uh, set the mood here. February twenty fourth, and um, Corona was alive. Corona was out there. We were uh, we were just really starting to hear about it. It was becoming real, uh, including some people mentioning you know like just you know you know it was at that point it was more of a Chinese, um, you know more of an, an Asian 
um, problem. I guess people were looking at it that way, not realizing the consequences. Uh, you know, we see videos and images from China all the time, and you just see people with masks on, uh, and um, it's normal, right? But you don't realize that you know this is the reason why. And in this case, um, this coronavirus was, I guess, I guess it's man-made. You know, I, I think they've come to that conclusion. They decided that it's man-made. It, it was made in a in a laboratory. And what they were saying, it should be a level four laboratory and it was being treated like a lab, level two laboratory. What the differences are between the two and four, I would have no idea. But in this case, it was enough that this one individual uh, became infected, went out to the wet market, um, got his girlfriend infected. And then from, you know, the rest is history. And here we are. But um, although the, uh, Wuhan, China, this is where it all happened. And then right around February, you know, we started getting word about it and people started you know, maybe being more cautious and, hey, what's going on? People are getting sick. And this is what Nancy Pelosi was doing. I'm going to play a little clip for you guys just to, and I, and I, and I promise, like, I, I just, you know, I, I almost hate to, to have her, her voice even on my podcast because I just, I despise everything she stands for. I think she's just a drunk old lady making really bad decisions and slowing things down where we should have somebody who's nimble and quick thinking and logical and strategic in that in that position but you know all in all just take a quick listen to this and this is february 24th and this is her uh down in um chinatown speaker nancy pelosi told me she came here to chinatown to combat fear that's what we're trying to do today is to say everything is fine here come because precautions have been taken the city is on top of the situation she has been going around to show that it is perfectly safe to be here we do want to say to people come to chinatown here we are we're again careful safe and come join us come join us not to be afraid to come to chinatown totally shit-faced totally totally shit-faced completely shit-faced i mean i don't know if you could tell um, but absolutely, just, just absolutely, just listen, listen, listen. Come to Chinatown. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness. Come to Chinatown. And that's what she, and that was the message from her. And that was the message from her. And I believe it was today. I believe it was today that she put a report out or made a statement that, um, that the president hasn't done enough to, uh, combat this, this virus and this, and this disease. And, um, you know, which is, I believe the reason if anybody watched today, uh, which is Sunday at the press conference, he made an absolute point to put um, Governor Cuomo on there speaking about how uh, helpful the federal government has been in providing all everything that they've needed, ventilators and beds. Uh, so to combat exactly that would be what the, the Speaker of the House um, was actually saying in, in opposition. So, I mean, I, listen, no matter what side you're on, and it, it just the bottom line is, you know, people are dying, people are sick. Uh, and I think that this this... This whole, you know, uh, making it making it a government issue and publicizing this in a way where they're, they're just going to fight back and forth. I think this is really a point where it gets out of control. I mean, not, not that it ever. I mean, you got veterans. People used to talk about veterans. We got a veteran home. Um, I mean, 47, 47 veterans dead. 47. I mean, it's, it's just outrageous. And, you know, it's, it's, it's mentioned so quickly on the news and really nobody's really saying anything about it. And it's just so frustrating to hear that. Like 47 guys, that's 47 people have died. And that's just veterans. And that's in one place, you know, and then you talk about 40,000 people, 40,000 people have lost their lives. 40,000 families have been affected. You know, and, and, you know, granted, many have recovered, which is awesome, which is fantastic. 
But I, I, the danger is still there. This is still a danger for everyone. Uh, and I think if we don't treat it this way, if Florida doesn't uh, take care and caution, it's just going to spread again. I mean, I just, again, I, I, I don't understand. I, I, I don't, I know, I understand that you, the country has to open again. I'm not, I'm not an idiot. I mean, it's, I get, I get, you know, that we are, uh, uh, this is capitalism. This is the way that the country runs. I understand that the president mentioned it many, many times. This, this, this country's not designed to be in the situation that it's in. But in this case, you know, rather than, you know, diverting all this money um, to to like let's just say the the cruise ships, right? They're not even they're not even registered in this country, right? They're registered in like Panama and right everywhere else, so they don't have to pay taxes. But yet somehow we're going to bail these people out. I just I, I don't understand that. Meanwhile, we can't get our we can't get money for our small businesses that are that are drowning. They're doing the best they can. And I will tell you all. I know I mentioned <laughs> in thirty three, and I think I mentioned it in thirty two as well that. I wasn't um, I wasn't ordering out. I wasn't doing takeout. But I will tell you that I did. I did. I did support a local um, a local restaurant, and uh, I got myself a pastrami with the toasted, you know, some lettuce, some mustard. It was absolutely delicious. I hadn't had them in so long, but I did it, and I did it because I want to support my local businesses and see what I can do to help uh, a little bit. So my next step in all of this would be to donate blood. If I could just bring myself to donate blood, then I'd be all set. You know, but so, you know, I just not to get too far off and not to talk too much about this. I just, guys, I want to put a little perspective in place that um, people are just throwing shit all over the place. You know, the, the president's saying stuff and Pelosi's saying stuff. Like everybody's got something to say. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're losing loved ones. And we, that's just, we need to focus on that. Uh, I, I understand that, you know, Virginia's in tough shape and Nebraska and people are protesting. But I, I, I just don't understand the concept. I mean, I, I get it. You need to protest. And I understand our freedoms are at risk here. There are certain things that we need to do. But in this case here, I mean, are we not shooting ourselves in the foot? I mean, seriously, do we, are we assuming that everybody who's protesting is not sick? I mean, it's, that, that's where this has become. I mean, it's become that. I mean, and I'm out and about. You know, I'm out and about, guys. I, I, I work. I still work. So there are places that I still need to go to keep my job and my function um, going. So I, I, you know, I drive by places. I see the the variety stores, I see all this and I just, people holding the door for people. And, you know, again, I don't want to sound obnoxious here, but maybe we shouldn't be doing that right now. Just, just maybe just not hold the door, maybe just keep your distance and not get sick. It's just, it just seems to me it's so easy for it to, to happen. Um, and then again, the, the scary part in all this is just not realizing that, yeah, by the time you have it and you're really sick and then who knows what, you know what I mean? So just try to Try to be conscious. I mean, again, you could try and be one of those people that just defy. You just want to defy. Oh, no, I'm, I'm fine. I, I don't need hand sanitizer. I don't need masks. I don't. Oh, you can say that, but you, you, you're still human. And science is science. And that's really what we need to look at here is the science and what, what works and what doesn't work. Um, do, do I think the social distance thing is working? Yeah, I think it only makes sense. I mean, I think if, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out if we're not interacting or physically interacting with one another that you, the, the, you know, the transfer of this, this virus is going to minimize. And I think that's what we're seeing now. Although you got this spike in people and I, you know what they keep telling you. And then there's a second wave coming, right? The second wave coming. Um, be careful for the second wave. I mean, is it all like scare tactics? Who knows? Who knows? The only thing I can tell you is, again, I have people in my life very close to me that are in the medical field and are seeing this firsthand. And um, 
We'll tell you the stories. I mean, it's 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 um it's pretty bad out there. I mean, is it is it getting better? I'd like to think it is. I mean, the news seems to be pointing in that direction that it that it may be getting better, but I think it's just really moving. I think this is like a almost like a living entity that it's traveling through state through state, and then if you start opening up these states, you know, what's to stop you know somebody from Massachusetts who's infected from you know taking a right taking a drive down to Florida now, right? I'm gonna go to the beach. I'm gonna go hang out in Florida, and and I'm sick, and I'm on the beach, and now. Everybody's sick in Florida again. Like we just continue with this over and over again. I just, I don't know. I, and you know what? I never pretend to be smarter than the people that work for the government. I understand that the government hires the, 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 the smartest and brightest people in the world. I get that. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I just think sometimes just the actual common sense factor needs to play a factor. And I think and this is one of those cases where I think maybe you just maybe throw a little bit more money at the unemployment and just keep people... You know, companies are really being helpful with the furlough. They're still paying people's um, medical insurance, and you're able to get that little st- little stipend there with your uh, unemployment, which I think is fantastic. Um, but, but by the same token, you just I think you have to look at the timeline and realize that maybe, maybe now is not the time. Maybe we wait a minute, right? I mean, it just the numbers are just still staggering, right? It's crazy. You know, when I mentioned to you guys that people love this Anthony Fauci, like the doctor, they just they love him. Um, Deborah Burks, I don't know. I mean, she's okay, I guess. Uh, I don't know. She's not my favorite, but um, this other thing, just and this is it, and then we're going to move on because, I mean, there's so much I want to talk about today. Uh, I mentioned 1969 at the, at the beginning of the show. I thought it was an awesome year, um, and a couple of great things happened that year that I really want to talk about, uh, including something very near and dear to me, um, and I want to have an opportunity to talk about that. But real quick, before I go uh, into that, I wanted to talk to you guys about something um, I don't know whether or, whether you're aware or not, and um, and I, I'm going to say this, and I'm hoping that maybe I get some response on uh, Instagram, um, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, even TikTok. Hit me up on any of those platforms. Um, and the question is, is how do you feel about the contact tracing? Uh, if you don't know what this is, uh, what's happening now is Apple and Google have developed software that will utilize the Bluetooth in your um, your smart device. Doesn't matter if it's an Apple or a Google device, either or. And what'll happen is if you're within 15 feet of another phone, uh, what it will do is it'll it'll register that you were in the in that vicinity of that phone. Uh, at some point, should that or a person, including yourself, be uh, infected with Corona, and you choose to do so, quote unquote, you can then alert all the phones that were in your within that your vicinity within a four they're saying it would be a 14 day um, time span so within 14 days if within a device that you within 15 feet of that person gets corona you would you already have the ability to report that and you would get like a text message or you would get an alert and it would tell you hey listen you might want to get tested right I mean I so so that's what this that's what this covid 19 contact tracing is. They say that it's completely safe. They say that there's no privacy invasion, that they're not sharing the data with anybody. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it. Me personally, you know, it's funny because this is, again, one of those generational things because, you know, I ask my my son, he's he's 18, he's, you know, right there, millennial, my daughter's 23. Um, and I asked them both and, and they both kind of felt the same way about it. They're kind of like, well, aren't we doing that already? Like, aren't we already sharing our location services? Like, And, and, and I get it and I, and I kind of see their point. Um, but I guess you have to, 
you know, I, I'll mention, you know, real quick, and I'll just take a step back here, and I'll talk about the Patriot Act that was, you know, obviously September 11th with the the terrorism. So they 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 passed this 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 Patriot Act, which gave the 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 government some extra abilities to go in and uh, mine for some private information, and they it was supposed to last like five years, but it's just it's continued. They've never stopped it, and this is I believe this falls into that category of the Patriot Act where. You know, they can get any information and do whatever they want. Again, you may be that person that says, I got nothing to hide. I don't give a shit. So if you are that person, then fine. But if you're not that person, I mean, who knows what what, what you do with your personal life or with your time. Nonetheless, you may not want people knowing where you are or what you're doing. Um, but so that's the, that's that's it. It's it's COVID-19 contact tracing. So check it out. Go on Google. Google it if you want um, and see if you I mean, I, I guess I will participate. I mean, why wouldn't I? Uh, if I could do something, especially where I work with other people, I'm still working. Uh, I still have to go to you know your Home Depots, your Lowe's, uh, and get supplies. So I am you know somewhat within perimeter of people. I'm still going to the grocery store, uh, and that's a part of my life. So I guess I would participate if I had the opportunity to know. I'll be I'll be curious to see how you guys feel about it. I really would. I mean, I again, I, I think it's a generational thing, and I think depending on how old or young you are, will make a difference, right? So there you go. So that's it. I don't want to. That's it. I'm done talking about Corona. I don't want to talk about Corona anymore. All right. I hope you agree with me. I, I just I'm just done with it. But I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Let's take a step back, yeah, guys. Welcome everybody. I hope you had a wonderful week. Um, hoping this week is a little better. I mean, the weather's been shitty in New England. I don't know where you're at, uh, where you're listening from, but I will tell you that in New England, we just had snow two days ago, and then today it was 60 degrees, beautiful day. So, I don't know, it's just, it seems like the weather's all over the place, and then we're going through one of those cycles. Uh, so I'm not really super concerned about it, but I tell you what, it does, it, it is a pain in the ass. But I will tell you guys what you heard at the beginning of today's podcast was a 22-year-old Carlos Santana. And that was um, one of the greatest performances. I mean, literally, you know, as a soloist, as a, as a singer-songwriter, um, he is fantastic. And he's been around for a long, long time. And that was Woodstock, guys. The music um, that was played there, was it was The Doors, it was Zeppelin, it was Janis Joplin. Um, the Beatles um, almost made it. Uh, I think it was John Lennon who made the point that he um, <laughs> he couldn't get the band together. And that's right when they were breaking up. Uh, I think their last actual performance together, we could talk about a little later in the show, was actually um, Apple Studio in New York. That was the last time they did that rooftop performance. And that was the last time they performed together. And they had an opportunity to go to Woodstock and they didn't. Um, but it was it, Woodstock was the most famous uh, uh, music festival of modern times took place in New York. Uh, it was on a farm in Bethel. Uh, they tried a couple of different places, and I think they're... And if, if you guys... You know what? I don't want to talk too much uh, about it outside of what I know, but if you guys have an opportunity, um, the name of the, the documentary is Remembering Woodstock. It's an amazing, amazing documentary. Um, the footage that they caught and were able to, um, to keep and just... It's just phenomenal. You, you, listen, we're talking generational, guys. And the only reason I even talk about 1969 and the only reason why I'm talking about Woodstock is there was over 400,000 music fans who attended, who got to see The Who, who got to see Jimi Hendrix, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, 
perform live. I mean, this is just amazing, amazing, amazing time in history that if you weren't able to or were able to participate in, I mean, imagine having that. And I will tell you a quick little funny, um, uh, I don't know, this would just be uh, insight. Two babies were born at uh, Woodstock, but neither one of them have claimed it. So there are two babies out there that are Woodstock babies and who have never claimed the crown. You know, so you're out there. If you're out there, you should claim your crown to be in the Woodstock baby. I mean, it's amazing, this migration. Uh, I, if you have a chance, again, to watch the documentary, it really, really gives you such an amazing um, um, view of what actually took place and how this whole generation... I mean, kids came from everywhere. So this is as far east you can go. And kids from California, from Seattle, all over the country got in their cars, picked up hitchhikers, and they all made it, and they all migrated it. And um, over 400,000 of them were there to... Uh, and they say it's estimated. They, they started selling... You guys got to watch the documentary. They started selling tickets, and then it just got out of control once the word spread, and it was just phenomenal. I was... I'll tell you what, guys. I was actually going to make this episode all about Woodstock because I just... Given the times of what we're going through right now and the idea that we can't even be together... I think the idea of talking about these amazing times, this was this was just a cultural influence, a cultural direction. This really shaped the minds of many, 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 many people. These are people that are alive today. These are people that are influential today. Uh, <laughs> and back then, you know, they were they were high on marijuana, um, cocaine, LSD. They were doing heroin. Um, and they were partying and listening to music, you know, and a lot of them were anti, you know, war. The Vietnam War was going on. They were all anti-war. Uh, they got the hair. They were considered hippies. They were, everybody was a hippie. Um, but it was, it was, it was a way of life. It was almost, it was like realizing that, um, it was like realizing that you weren't going to conform to, uh, right, to the man. It was, people were done. They didn't want it. You know, Nixon was the president. You know how that went. You know, that went terribly, uh, terribly wrong for him, right? It's amazing. But you know what? 1969 wasn't just about Woodstock. It was about achievements of man, you know, us as humans. You know, I will say this, and, and you know, I, don't, I, think it, I think we're so disconnected from this because of the fact of um, how far and how long ago it was. But on July 20th, one of man's crowning achievements occurred. And that was when we stepped foot on um, on the moon, right? The Apollo 11 mission with Neil Armstrong, right? With Buzz Aldrin. I mean, this is, I mean, can you imagine that, you know, us living beings, humanoids on this planet, we somehow, you know, in 1969, we, we developed a technology to take two people, uh, three people, I'm sorry, into, you know, into a, into a, into a rocket and send them and land them on the moon. I mean, how, how amazing is that? I mean, literally, how amazing is that? When you think about that, how amazing is that? You know, imagine being in your living room, right? Imagine, just imagine being in your living room on that day, watching your TV screen and hearing something like this. Armstrong is on the moon. Neil Armstrong, 38-year-old American, standing on the surface of the moon. On this July 20th, 1969. That's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. Imagine. Imagine that. I mean, it just, 
the idea of watching that, watching that achievement, uh, knowing that we were able to do that, I think is just, again, a pat on the back. We don't give ourselves enough credit. And that all was happening then. And since then, we've been evolving. Uh, we've been getting smarter. We've been um, just doing things. Just, I think, uh, some Santana. Anyway, doing things faster, more quickly, right? We're, we're more earth conscious. We're more earth conscious now than we've ever been before, right? I mean, just these are all things that we should be proud of. You know, granted, you know, we have this, 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 this terrible virus and, you know, someday this will pass and someday we'll talk about it. You know, there was a time where there was Spanish flu and people, people were dying. Imagine, imagine back then them not knowing what the cause was, but you know, today we have that ability. And I honestly believe, I honestly believe, I truly believe that we will, um, at some point develop a vaccine and that we'll be able to get this vaccine very much like we do the flu. And this will be just something that we talk about and we'll never forget you know, all the lives that we lost, but this was be another, another way that mankind has overcome. Right. Cause I mean, it, it, if, if we couldn't figure this out, this literally, this, this could be right. Just the existence of, of mankind on the planet. Right. You, this is something that goes unwatched at some point. There's nobody left, but we, we have the ability to stop that. You know, it's so, so remember, remember that we, we have been on the moon, you know, Elon Musk recently sent his Tesla to Mars and, and that's, and that's where we're going next. You know, so we should really be proud of these amazing moments in our life and amazing of the, you know, proud of the amazing, excuse me, music that we have been able to create. Right. But if you lived in 1969 and you know, maybe you weren't going to, uh, to Woodstock, you guys want to know how much it costs to live then? I'll share that with you right now. How about this? The cost of living. Um, just so you know, the yearly inflation rate was about five and three quarters, right? Year end Dow closed about 800. Huh? The average cost of a new house, ready, would be about $15,550. <laughs> Your average income per year was about $8,500. Huh? Average monthly rent, if you were living in an apartment, two bedroom, $135 a month. Not bad, not bad. A new car would probably run you about thirty-two hundred, huh? And and I and this is funny. I'm not making this up. You know, I do the research for the show. 1969. I look up, you know, cars that were manufactured that year and what the cost was, <laughs> and the vehicle that came up. And I'm not making jokes, but it was a Toyota Corona, C O R O N A, and that would have ran you about one thousand nine hundred and fifty dollars, right? And uh, price per gas, if I could get on the gas, would run you about thirty-five cents. There you go. And that's some of the costs of living in nineteen sixty-nine. There you go. You know, and I think, man, I could listen to Santana all day. And I think about um, that year, and you think of all the things that were happening, and the world, the country was divided. You know, again, we were at war. Um, you had a generation that was coming up and was being drafted and, and fighting a war that they didn't want to fight. They didn't want to go. Uh, and it was everybody that was back home was protesting, right? They were protesting. But one thing they were they were always um, what they, they were always preaching about was just um, togetherness, right? I mean, it was it was about love, right? It was about you know loving each other. It was right. 
Pues... In that year, 1969, a free concert organized by the Rolling Stones. <laughs> they had the uh, Hells Angels as bouncers, resulting in a number of deaths. get together what a great jam um so yeah free concert rolling stones not good i don't know if you knew about that that was in 1969 and i believe um that that was if if i'm not mistaken and don't uh, don't quote me on it but i believe that they did not make it to uh woodstock because of that concert they had already had planned that concert and they didn't make it to woodstock so they didn't they actually didn't perform at woodstock and i was telling you the morning i mentioned it in the beginning of the show that i was uh, I, i was gonna do the show all about Woodstock and I I actually did all the research I got the set list and I guys you would not believe the talent and how much of the music you know even now you go to a concert I mean you're lucky to get maybe an hour and a half maybe two hours out of a band these 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 artists were doing like 10 songs right Janis Joplin she sang like 10 songs Jimi Hendrix 10 songs Crosby Stills and Nash like 10 songs Jefferson Airplane, 10 songs. Like, it's, I mean, amazing. Like, they would put, like, not just show up, right? They didn't just show up because they didn't just show up. They would drop off by a helicopter. There were so many people that the roads were all blocked that there were actually helicopters dropping people in. You know, I'll tell you, I'll talk about Stevie real quick. Shout out Stevie. Stevie Ledwell. And um, he was supposed to go. He was going to go. But somehow got held up and didn't make it to Woodstock. I would tell you, I would love to, to talk to somebody who, who was actually there, you know, who actually experienced that and was a part of that. Because you know what? There was, I know it might sound corny, but there was a lot of love going on. I mean, there were just, there was no crime. There were no fights. No one got hurt. Um, you know, some people got sick, obviously. You know, there was a lot of rain and they were sleeping in the dirt. I get that. But no one was hurting anybody. You know, that's just amazing, right? Like, that doesn't happen anymore. Right? And I think now more than ever, we have to look out for each other. Right? And that's what it was all about. Whether it's one, two, four hundred thousand, does it all matter? No, it's, it's, we're all in this together. And we have to look out for one another. Fantastic, guys. Oh, I could listen to that all day long. You know, and another great movie. What a great time to watch it. Forrest Gump, man. It's such an awesome movie. It really is. I mean, the music, right? All of it. Fantastic. But moving on, guys, some TV, uh, TV, 1969, the groundbreaking TV program Mighty Monty Python Flying Circus is shown for the first time, uh, the, catch, the catchphrase, and now for something completely different became their trademark. Uh, and I mentioned it, I know I've mentioned Mighty Python in the past. I, I, they are funny, you know, the life of Brian, I, you know, I, it is kind of. It's, but it's British humor. And if you're into British humor, you know, good for you. I mean, that's, again, I, it's like anime. You know what I mean? You're either into it or you're not. I'm not, a, I'm not a huge fan. But you know what? Hats off to them. I mean, what an empire. What a brand. Uh, they're raunchy. They've been around for a long time. 1969, Sesame Street. 
um, actually debuts on PBS. How about that? 1969, Big Bird, uh, Oscar the Grouch, right? Debut Cookie Monster. <laughs> um, Bell-bottom jeans, tie-dye shirts become part of a teenager's fashion scene, right? That's what everybody was wearing. Uh, the, the John Lennon album, Two Virgins, featuring John Lennon and Yoko Ono, which was the um, the end of the Beatles as we know it, uh, in the nude and were confiscated from a Newark airport. How about that? Uh, the Beatles, I mentioned this earlier, guys, the Beatles' last public performance on the roof of Apple Records, uh, which was terrible. Um, I mean, it, not the concert. The concert was an epic concert. But the idea that they would break up uh, was absolutely terrible. But again, you know, that much talent, and I always mention it, you know, it's like one thing, you had them together and they created amazing music together and then they separated and they created amazing music on their own. So, you know, you kind of got the best of both worlds. Uh, And, you know, they released, um, and we'll talk a little bit about it in our discology, but they released that album, their album, Abbey Road, which is one of their most popular albums. You know, that's the one of them walking across the road on the crosswalk, one of the most famous uh, crosswalks where people take selfies. Um, and that kind of brought the 60s to an end. And if um, you didn't know, Brian Jones, I know the name probably doesn't sound familiar to you unless you're a huge Rolling Stones fan, but Brian Jones, um, he was the guitarist, and he actually, um, he drowned. He drowned after drinking um, and drugs. Uh, he went on a binge and... Um, not to be gross, but he actually died in on his own puke. Yep, he drowned in his own puke. He got that shit face. Yeah. So but the band continues on. Somehow they they're still performing. Mick Jagger's still out there rocking it. I mean, I don't know how they're doing it, but they are and uh hats off to them. I mean, fantastic. So that was a little bit about pop culture in nineteen sixty nine. Some films. Wanna talk about wanna talk about uh some movies? Huh? We could do that. How about Herbie the Love Bug? That was a 1968 comedy film. Right? Walt Disney? <laughs> I wasn't a fan. The car was all like talking. and But I will tell you, the only reason I mention it, the budget for that movie was $5 million. It made $51 million at the box office, right? There you go. How about... Um, I'm not even going to... How about Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? Huh? And that made a ridiculous amount of money. And the story was it was based in Wyoming in the early 1900s. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid are the leaders of a um, band of outlaws. After a train robbery goes wrong, they find themselves on the run uh, with, a pars- with a posse on their heels. Their solution? Escape to Bolivia. <laughs> there you go. When in doubt, go to Bolivia. Uh, that was with Paul Newman, Robert Redford. Catherine Ross. The budget for that one? Six million. It made a hundred and two point three million dollars. Bam! How do you like them? Uh, we got True Grit. And that was a um I'm you know what I only mentioned this because it was the Duke, John Wayne. Uh, the man's man. Uh, and that was about a drunken hard nosed US Marshal and a Texas Ranger help a stubborn teenager track down her father's murderer uh, in the Native American territory. Huh? How about that? The Duke, John Wayne. And that made $31.1 million in 1969. I mean, ridiculous, guys. This is monumental money. Uh, how about The Midnight Cowboy? How about that one? That one was with John Voight. Um, it was kind of like a... 
strange. I mean, I vaguely remember it. I think I might have watched it. It probably was on like TV, and I caught it on TV. But anyway, um, I'm not a huge John Voight fan. But that was budgeted for 3.2, made 44.8. How about that? Uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> oh my goodness. Somehow that made the list. I don't know how. And it did because of the money. Uh, and in this case, uh, it was $10 million that made. It was actually lost money. The Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And that was with Dick Van Dyke, right? Sally Ann Holmes. Terrible. And that was budgeted $10 million. It made 7.5. So, loser for you. Uh, and how about... Um, Easy Rider, right? Easy Rider with Peter Fonda, Dennis Hopper. Fantastic, fantastic. If you haven't seen that movie, psychedelic. I mean, you want to talk about the, the 60s? That This was it. This was LSD. Fantastic movie. I mean, just really, really, really great movie. It was generational. One of those cult classics. Uh, but go and check it out. That was budgeted for 600000 It made $60 million. How do you like them apples, right? Now, that's... Thank you very much. Uh, and that concludes the movies. Huh? What do you think? I hope you enjoyed that because I did. Right? I thought that was fantastic. Um, and now we can go on to my favorite um, my favorite uh, time. I love doing this. And it, that, of course, is talking about music. Talking about discology. Uh, and I'm so glad that we were able to uh, talk a little bit about Woodstock, talk a little bit about the moon landing. Uh, but ultimately, for me, it's about the music. And I just love the opportunity to, um, to, 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 to have this chance to talk about music and just shine a little light. You know, and, and, look, and I'm not looking to, to, to teach you something that you don't already know. I really just want to remind you, really. It, that, that's really what I'm trying to do. Just remind you to say, hey, this music is out there. And maybe just listen to something a little different. Maybe switch your playlist a little bit. And in this case... 1969 was an amazing year already. Uh, we accomplished so much. But for me personally, and I'm just going to take a quick second um, and be selfish with the show, and uh, and just and just say that to me, uh, it was a great year because not not that I was born, I was I was I was still sperm. I wasn't I was swimming around in a testicle. I wasn't out there yet. But um, but my brother was. My brother Lou, brother Lou, you guys know brother Lou. I've talked about him on the show a couple of times, but Brother Lou was born in 1969 in March, as a matter of fact. And, um, you know, I think honestly, you know, already we had this amazing music and we had these amazing achievements in the world, but I think the world became a better place the day my brother was born. Uh, and I truly honestly believe that, you know, he is, um, he is a, um, um, an amazing soul who uh, will always go and continues to always go out of his way to help others. Uh, just an amazing, amazing human being. I'm proud uh, to call him Big Brother, and uh, I hope that um, I'm making him proud uh, in this world, in this life. So, Brother Lou, I shout out to you. I dedicate this episode to you, 1969, and I appreciate you being alive, man. Right? How about that? The Hollies. Good jam. Which brings us to discology right you guys ready for this so we talk about 1969 and you can't really talk about 1969 without talking about this amazing band um they've been around forever they continue to put music out there they're still performing 
And to me, it's quite honestly just a feat and kind of freaks of nature. And of course, I'm talking about the Rolling Stones. And this is Honky Tonk Woman off You Can't Always Get What You Want. Right. She had to heave me right across her shoulder. Cause I just can't seem to drink it and, off my And this is why. And that's why. And that's why these guys are still performing today. love it i love it rolling stones love you guys you guys are awesome so moving on what a great album i just <laughs> oh boy fantastic and then there's this artist if you guys don't know or don't love this artist then you know what then you don't like music because this guy has been through the ringer and whether you like his music or not you have to appreciate him um just for i mean guys just quite honestly just for the fact of who he is, um, a little kind of cuckoo chew. He had a, a relation. He had a relationship with Tina Turner, uh, and you know, at some point, just kind of fell apart, and um, I just disintegrated. But you know, up until then, man, this guy was doing this, Mister James Brown. Papa's got a brand new bag. The amount of music that this birthed. There was nobody doing this stuff. Sure does, James. Sure does. Fantastic, right? James Brown, 1969. Fantastic. Right? You can listen to that all day long. I don't care where you're driving or what you're doing. You cannot be mad. You cannot be mad listening to that, right? This fantastic. And this next band, you know, I mentioned them a couple of times. And, of course, I would be remiss if they weren't part of what we're doing here right now. Uh, and, of course, I mentioned them earlier. And I'm calling them I meant the Beatles, man. We're talking about the Beatles. Uh, and in this case, the Abbey Road was released. Um, it was um, their last studio album. Uh, that they recorded together. It wasn't the last one that they released, but it was the last one that they recorded together. Uh, and it was Abbey Road. And it was in the U.S. charts for over 80 weeks. Um, you know, initially when they released it, people were kind of eh about it, but the fans absolutely loved it, including yours truly. And this was one of my favorite jams off that album. How about this one? Oh, darling.
Fantastic. Thank you, gentlemen. You know, and you, and you, if you, even if you look at the, the album cover and you see the four of them together, even Ringo, even Ringo, you realize the, um, the impact that those, um, that those four individuals had on the world, right? On the world. I mean, they literally changed music. I mean, it was just amazing, amazing, amazing. They created it. They made it what they wanted. It was, they were literally uh, trend-setting everything, right? I mean, who's doing that today? Is anybody doing that today? Is anybody creating music? I mean, you know, the last band, and I, again, you I don't care if you agree or disagree, but the last bands that I think were actually changing music uh, were the bands like Limp Bizkit, uh, Linkin Park, where they were actually bringing in a new form of music and sounds and combining different genres and bringing them together and creating music. When you're talking about bands like that, like that's, I mean, you know what? You may not agree with me. And not that I'm saying that Limp Bizkit or Linkin Park is the Beatles, but I would tell you that in in their craft, in their ability to create a new sound, yeah, man, I, I, I would definitely give them the credit that way. Uh, and, it, and of course, when we talk about this, we got to talk about this individual who has been, I, I mean, I can't imagine someone who is hasn't been more influential than this individual. And in 1969, he was playing, and he was playing this amazing jam. I remember when I was a lad, times were hard and things were bad, but there's a silver lining behind every cloud. Just four people, that's all we were, trying to make a living out of Blacklander. But we'd get together in a family circle, singing loud. Daddy sang bass. Mama sang tenor. Me and brother would join right in there. Singing seems to help a troubled soul. There you go. One of these days, and it won't be long, I'll rejoin them in a song. I'm going to join the family circle at the throne. Mr. Johnny Cash. Rest in peace, Mr. Johnny Cash. Won't be broken by and by, Lord. Right? By and by. Amen. You sing bass. Mama sing Fantastic, right? Yeah, Johnny Cash. Amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And which brings me to, guys, this is 1969. When you want to talk about music, the creation of music, I mean, this is the, this is the year. This is the year. These amazing artists. And this next one, you guys know how I feel about this guy. I talk about him all the time. I mean, he must come up in every, almost every podcast. And, of course, I'm talking about Mr. Bob Dylan. And Mr. Bob Dylan um, happened to have a collaboration. And he, w- he did a collaboration with none other than Mr. Johnny Cash. And I thought, gee, how fitting. And this is this great jam. Bob Dylan, girl from the north. If you're traveling to the north country fair, where the winds hit heavy on the borderline, remember me to one who lives there. She once was a true love of mine. See for me that her hair's 
hanging down It curls and falls All down her breast See for me That her hair's hanging down That's the way I remember her bed Right? Amazing, guys. And there you have it. Bob Dylan. And that's off his album, Nashville Sky. It was his ninth studio album. And that was released in April. So there you go. If you want to go listen to it, go do it. Go put that in your playlist because you're going to love it. Um, And this next band, again, we're talking influential all across the board. I was so excited about this episode. And when I came across this music... I mean, honestly, guys, I'll be honest. I'm just so excited. I couldn't wait. It took me a little longer to put this all together, but it was so, so worth it. I mean, just the fact of the music and the bands and having this opportunity to play this kind of music. Uh, and this next band is such a, an amazing pleasure. Always. Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And in 1969, Neil Young came aboard. off their first self-titled album Crosby, Stills and Nash released in 1969 and that is Helplessly Hoping there you go and that's what that's what everybody was writing about was love and helping each other out and you know the struggle is ours and we're gonna do this together but this next band uh, (laughs) fantastic in their own right and you know what if you like a little Bayou music these are your guys man John Fergerty, yeah? And these guys were at Woodstock.
There you go, Green River. And that was their third studio album. And you know what? I, I enjoy CCR very much. I do. But I'll tell you, a lot of their music sounds the same. And even, you know, John Fergerty, he kind of did his own thing there for a while. And it still kind of sounds the same. But you know what? It's good stuff. Good stuff. I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. Love it. Thank you. Thank you, John. Fantastic. Right? And this next artist, you know, somehow this next artist, I think, has gotten a bad, just, you know, a bad rap. <laughs> For some reason, uh, you know, he, you know what? The guy died in an airplane accident. He was flying his plane, crashed, uh, never to be seen again. But in this case, he was very popular, had a lot of music. And, you know, in 1969, and I wasn't even going to play him, but I did because the song that he sang and it was very popular in 1969 um, was also in one of my favorite movies. Uh, and so I'm going to play it and you're going to hear it. And just to set it up for you guys, John Denver off his album Rhythm and Rhymes. All my bags are packed. I'm ready to go. I'm standing here outside your door. I hate to wake you up to say goodbye. And this was off his first studio album. But the dawn is breaking. It's early morning. And if you guys remember the movie Armageddon in 1998, featured uh, starred Ben Affleck, Liv Tyler, Bruce Willis. And he sings her this song just before he's going to get on the rocket ship to go destroy the planet killer. There you have it. Little John Denver for you, right? He's had it, you know, and John's had a couple of great hits. Uh, unfortunately, rest in peace, Johnny's no longer with us, but he did. He had a couple of big, big hits um, in his career. So there you have it. There you have it. And there was, and that's my favorite memory from that song, and I'm glad I got to share that with you guys. And now this next group, or I should say duo, I've mentioned them a couple of times. They've been on the show a couple of times. Um, and this is just another great opportunity uh, to share their music. And of course, I'm talking about Mr. Paul Simon, Art Garfunkel, Simon and Garfunkel, and they released a song. Mrs. Robinson off their album Bookends better known for the soundtrack to The Graduate and in the movie The Graduate Benjamin Braddock Dustin Hoffman just finished college and heads back to his parents' house trying to avoid one question everyone keeps asking what does he want to do with his life? Well, an unexpected diversion crops up when he is seduced by Mrs. Robinson played by Anne Bancroft a bored housewife and friends of his parents but what begins as a fun 
Trist turns into complicated when Benjamin falls in love with the one woman Mrs. Robinson demanded he stay away from, his, her daughter, played by Catherine Ross. So there you go, The Graduate, The Forbidden Fruit. There you go. There you go. Not bad. And other bands that were big that year in 1969, Fleetwood Mac. I just, you know what, guys? I really couldn't find anything kind of Fleetwood Mac. Um, You know, again, I always try to pick the best of the best, and they just didn't really have anything big. Cream was big, too. um, But I just, it was, really couldn't really, and again, I've played them in the past, and of course, Pink Floyd was big in 1969. But I play them often as well, so I just want to give some other artists some opportunity, like this artist, um, (laughs) although I do play him, Probably often. Uh, I just can't play him enough. And of course, I'm talking about this artist who released this album, Empty Sky, in uh, June of 1969. And he hasn't stopped ever since. This guy's been putting out albums, him, Bernie Taupin, uh, nonstop. And of course, I'm talking about Mr. Elton John. And here, you'll hear the harpsichord, right? And I think that's what gives a song... The uniqueness. Turn me loose from your hands. Let me fly to distant lands over green fields, trees, and mountains, flowers, and forest fountains. This was Skyline Pigeon. And the cool thing about this was... This was released in June of 1969. But it never got released in the United States until January of 1975. And I will tell you, the album Empty Sky... I'm a fan, guys, and I would never steer you wrong. Probably not the best, uh, not not his best work. That was probably the best song. This is probably the best song off that album. It's amazing. Right? Good stuff. There you go. And that's some Elton John for you, and... I wanted to share something with you guys and only because I I thought it was really important to share this with you because of what it was and given the the tone and the theme of the uh, podcast, I figured we'd have to. I mean, you you couldn't not do it. If you're talking about Woodstock, you have to talk about the the final artist uh, who closed out the the, 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 what was a three-day, ended up being a four-day event, and it was this amazing artist. who I am an amazing fan of, Mr. Jimi Hendrix and his rendition of the Star Spangled Banner at Woodstock.
crazy, right? I would love to play that in its entirety for you, but I can't. <laughs> there's, certain, there's certain rules and laws that say I can't. So I mean, we, we can still enjoy that. I mean, just amazing, Jimmy. Man. Such a tragedy to lose him, really. But we're not done yet, right? We're not done. We're not done. We're still going. We're still going. I'm not, uh, we're not done with our discography yet. We just, uh, I wanted to just get, I wanted, I wanted to do that and just play that for you guys so that you could hear it uh, and enjoy it because it really was relevant to that moment and to that space and time. And um, it's amazing that we were able to capture it and that we were able to enjoy that over and over again. I can't even tell you how many times, how many commercials you've heard that played on. If you didn't know what it was from, it was from that moment. And they said that although Jimmy was supposed to play Sunday night, uh, he ended up postponing it and waiting until Monday. And they said it was really like a dwindling crowd. People were actually on their way out, but it just didn't it didn't affect him or his performance. He was just um, still gave it all he had, right? Kind of like this next artist. And I think you guys will enjoy this. <laughs> and uh, you know what? Although very, very unique, I'll use the word unique and um, no longer with us, but uh, an amazing artist. And again, in his own right, he was making music like no one else. He was making his own music. And of course, this was some of that music and of course I'm talking about Mr. David Bowie with the great space oddity Ground control to Major Tom. You remember this? Ground control to Major Tom. Take your protein pills and put your helmet on. Ground control to Major Tom. And that was his second studio album, self-titled Space Oddity, released in 1969. There you go, David Bowie. Fantastic. That was a great jam, guys. That was an absolutely fantastic jam. And I will tell you, I've got this last one for us. Uh, and I saved it for last for obvious reasons. You know, one, it's an iconic song uh, by an, an iconic artist, Uh this guy's been around for a very, very long time. And being from Boston, uh, if you live or are a Boston Red Sox fan, you and you, you've been to Fenway and you've gone to a game, there hasn't been one single time that you haven't gone there and heard this song. And of course, I'm talking about this amazing jam off his album, Brothers Love Traveling Salvation Show. I can't begin to know but then I know it's growing strong. Wasn't the spring, and spring became the summer. Who'd have believed you'd come along? 
touching hands Reaching out Touching me Touching you There you have it, Sweet Caroline, which reached number four. And that was um and that was a single. That didn't didn't actually release that with the album. It came out after. They ended up uh this is they ended up printing it later. And the original name of the song was just Caroline, and then they changed it to Sweet Caroline. And of course now anytime the Red Sox play at home, they play it. And Neil Diamond makes uh, some money. Right? There you go. And guys, and that concludes our discography for this episode. What'd you think? Right? Some good music, right? Some fantastic music. I mean, close out with some Neil. You can't beat that, right? Just real quick, and let's just keep talking about it. You know, born in 1969, Mrs. Catherine Zeta-Jones, right? You know who she is. Oh, wow. Mr. Brett Favre. Renee Zellweger. And Rachel's personal favorite, Jennifer Aniston, born in February. There you go. Happy birthday. Cool stuff, man. Cool stuff. Talking about cool stuff. Some cool things that happened in 1969. The first Concord test flight was conducted in France. The first transplant of a human eye. That happened. Seiko, they sold their first quartz watch. The first ATM installed in the United States. Right? What do you do without an ATM today? Nothing. Probably use one every day. The Boeing 747 Jumbo Jet made its debut. Carried 191 people, most of them reporters and photographers from Seattle to New York City. There you go. Continental, from one end of the country to the other. Amazing. The Pontiac Firebird Trans Am. There you go. The epitome of the American muscle car is introduced. How about that? You got to love that. Uh, And of course, the microprocessor was created and that changed everything, right? Everything we have today is because of the microprocessor, right? The fact that you guys can hear me right now on your handheld device without that microprocessor, this is impossible. So I say thank you, Mr. Microprocessor Inventor. I appreciate it. The internet was created in 1969 for the military. Huh? How about that? There you go. Johnny Cash agrees. And I mentioned earlier, guys, the manned motion, uh, um, the manned landing at the moon mission. And this amazing invention was created in 1969. You ready for this? The first battery-powered smoke detector. But I made me a vow to the moon and stars. I'd search the honky tonks and bars. There you have it. And guys, that's pretty much 1969 encapsulated in the podcast. What'd you think? I loved it. I loved it. Right? Just a little something different. Just something a little different. You know, it's just, um, it's getting to this point. You know, I spend, I've been spending a lot of time 
on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. As I'm sure we all are, right? I mean, it's just, again, being connected and, and more and more people, as the show gets more and more popular, more and more people are listening, more and more people are becoming interactive and they're dropping messages. And I just, I never want to forget anybody. And I would never want anyone to think that I am ghosting them. Uh, I guess that's the term. Uh, if, you know, if I if I don't get back to you right away, it's obviously because I well, I just haven't got to it, um, or just I missed it. You know what I mean? I, I get into Facebook sometimes, and there is comments. And if it wasn't for the email alerts, I wouldn't even know what the hell I was looking for, um, because I just don't even know where to find it. You know what I mean? I just I, but I don't want anybody on Facebook to think that I might be avoiding them or again uh, lose to um, um, ghosting them. So. Um, so I'm not ghosting anybody, but if you guys are out there and you're on TikTok and you're on Instagram and you're on Twitter and Facebook, go over and follow the Bobby Kudo Show. I don't know what you're waiting for. Uh, TikTok is fantastic. I will tell you guys, give you a little bit of um, some inside uh, Bobby Kudo information, and that is we have started a garden, right? We started a garden. We got um, tomatoes. I've uh, got some zucchini, squash, onions, potatoes strawberries, peas, uh, right? I mean, what else do you need, right? We, we were doing, we were going to do carrots, but I opened up the carrot package and there was no carrot seeds in there. But you know what? You would know this if you were following on TikTok because I'm actually going to do, uh, I'm going to catalog the whole thing. I'm going to go through the whole process and show, you know, the progression as we grow these vegetables and then I'm going to transplant them out in the yard. We're going to do a whole garden. So everything's from scratch, guys. I'm doing everything from scratch. I got a little area picked out. Rachel and I picked out a little area of the yard. I'm going to get the rototilla. We're going to tear it all up. I'm going to bring some dirt in. We're going to, I'm legit. I'm going to build the garden. I'm going to do it. And then I, <laughs> I'm on top of that, right? I'm also doing some research on chickens because they say like chickens, like for sustainability, man, that's the way to go. Right. And I, you know, I will tell you, there's a lot to chickens. I didn't realize how much there is to chickens. There's a, there's a lot to chickens. You got to get them as chicks. You got to raise them, you know, the vitamins, make sure they're not getting sick and, you know, they get these different type of ailments that they can get. And you, you got to figure out what chicken you, is going to work best for you. If it's one that more eggs, meat, whatever. I mean, again, you know, Rachel and I were talking about it. And I think the toughest part of it, guys, when you're talking about sustainability, of course, is the um, the circle of life, right? That's got to be that's got to be the prime directive, right? You just, you got to, that has to be there. If you're going to have animals, you have to understand that the animal has to produce something if, if if the animal isn't producing anything and is just consuming something then it's not helping you so you know if you have a chicken in my case if i'm thinking if i'm going to get chickens i want chickens that are going to lay eggs and at some point when they're done laying eggs you know i hate to say it out loud but you know that's chicken dinner you know what i mean so that's that's the mindset you have to have and i hate to sound you know like you know maybe just a little blunt about it but that's really the reality of it when you when you're thinking this way maybe you know, I don't want to say homesteading, but, you know, just kind of preparing and being a little more, you know, if anything is, if I've learned anything in all this, this pandemic and watching the news and what's the, the, the supply chain and speaking to my friends who, uh, who who work in the supply chain, including myself, you, know, you realize that maybe it might be a good idea to um, maybe get 
some way or uh, create a way to be self-sustained in, in a manner? I mean, granted, you can't do everything, right? I mean, I'm not going to go out and get cows for milk and goats. I mean, I'm not going to do that, but I'm going to try to get a couple of things that I think could help us sustain uh, in the event that for whatever reason, the supply chain goes down. And, and I, well, then you know what? Even if the supply chain doesn't go down, don't we all want to be a little self-sustaining, right? I mean, wh- wh- when, did that, when did that change, right? I mean, the idea that, you, you know, you get up every day and you cannot take care of yourself. Could you do that? I mean, that's honestly, I know it's tougher for someone who may live in the city as opposed to somebody who lives in the country. But you ask yourself that question. You know, there was a time when, you know, you, you know, a couple of years ago <laughs> where you would get up in the morning and if you didn't get up and you didn't go milk the cows or you didn't go, you know, till the, the land or you didn't plant the, like you didn't eat. Right. Everybody would starve. You wouldn't make it. Right. And that's why people had families. They had big families because everybody would help and everybody would grab a shovel or everybody would. Right. There was all, all of this. You had horses and right. You had farms. And, and at some point, there was a time where people could take care of themselves. Is that the case today? No, of course not. Uh, is that what society and culture has become? Yeah, I, I believe so. So we depend on on the farmers and the supply chain to bring us the things that we need from all over the world, right? Well, if I can, if I can and have the ability to maybe minimize some of that, you know, never mind the cost savings, Right. I mean, again, it's a little bit of my time. Right. But at the end of the day, if I'm able to grow my own tomatoes, my own squash, my own zucchini, you know, lettuce, kale. I mean, how great is that? Right. And then that's something that I can keep going. Why wouldn't I want to do that? And I just and I'm throwing that out there to you guys. Why don't you give it a shot? I mean, it, there's no there's never been a better time than now to do that. Right. I mean, if if you got everything stocked up and you you're ready to go, I mean, who who knows? Does it does it take a pandemic? Does it take a situation like this to realize that you know maybe you want to be a little more uh, self aware and self able, right? I mean, and not have to depend. I mean, granted, depend on the people that you know you need to, the people that are closer to you, but to depend on the government to bring you food. I mean, you see those people driving in those food lines for boxes of food and they don't even know what they're getting and they're they open up the box of food and it's like six boxes of spaghetti right and nothing else i mean it's right that and, and is that what we're waiting for and, you know and i'm and i'm not trying to scare anybody but for me personally i i don't like to leave my fate in somebody else's hands so if i can do something that's gonna help me and my family maybe um enjoy uh, you know, meals and um, have the ability to not have to go to the grocery store and maybe be able to go out in my garden and pick a tomato or pick a, a pepper, a sweet pepper. I'm 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 going to do that. So I will keep you guys updated on that. And I, the whole long end of it that was get on TikTok, go follow the Bobby Kudo Show on TikTok, and follow the journey. It's awesome. You know, and TikTok kind of forwards it to Instagram, and then Instagram forwards it to Facebook. So if you're on any of those. Um, you're probably getting like a triple feed of it and I apologize, but that's just the way these things work. You know what I mean? That's just the way it is. And Facebook, I mean, again, you know, I mentioned to you guys in the past, I haven't been or never was on Facebook for many, many years and I just got on it and I, more and more family keeps popping up and I'm hoping that they're listening. And if they are listening, I just want to say hi to you all. I, I miss you all very much. Uh, and I'm glad that we have found each other again and I'm, I'm glad that you guys are um, a part of my life, you know, I'm hoping that at some point we can, uh, get together when this is all over and celebrate, um, our amazing life and families, uh, and journeys. You know, my cousins, 
uh, if you guys obviously wouldn't know, but uh, the Kudo Construction uh, Company, those are my cousins out in New Bedford, Massachusetts. An amazing, amazing group of people doing some amazing, amazing work. So if you um, if you got a minute, go check them out. They're on Instagram. They're on Facebook. It's the Kudo. It's just Kudo Construction. That's what it is. Kudo Construction. Um, Jason, Derek, and Brian. Miss you guys. And my Uncle Gilly and my Aunt Lee. Uh, I miss you all very much, and I hope you guys are listening uh, and get the message, right? Good for you. Good for you. I love to see you guys in, 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 in all your success. It just, it's um, it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, and TV, guys, is anybody watching TV? You must be watching TV, right? I know I am. So every day I get home from work, and typically 4.35 o'clock I'm home, and wouldn't you know, like the new daily my new daily five o'clock show is the the coronavirus um, covert operations team, right? With Donald Trump, it almost seems like it's the Donald Trump show every day because every day he's having a a news conference. And of course, I mentioned it in the beginning of the podcast. I don't want to miss anything, so I find myself watching this all the time. So I I'm sure you guys are, and I'm if you are, I wonder how much you're watching because I know Rachel can only take so much, and then she ends up walking away, <laughs> and I I really can't blame her. Uh, but I, I've been kind of committed in watching it just again, only for my own purposes, because I just want to be in the know in case I need to do something or change something in my professional career, uh, with the, you know, the, obviously with the people I manage in the, um, the environment that I'm responsible for. But if you're outside of the Trump show that's on every day, if you guys haven't had a chance to go watch it yet, um, sad, sad, sad to see them go. Uh, but I, I tell you, they did it right. And, you know, you, you see these shows that come and, they're here for a couple of years. You fall in love with the characters. You fall in love with the with the series, and then all of a sudden, the finale comes along, and it's terrible. You know, a perfect example like Seinfeld. You know what I mean? One of the greatest comedies, and then they just kind of blew it at the end. But in this case, I'm talking about Modern Family. And um, if you haven't had a chance to go check it out yet, the the series finale was last week. It was like a two hour series finale. It was absolutely fantastic. I thought they did an amazing job with it. They did it fantastic. They ended it just right. Uh, and I really, really enjoyed it. So if you have a chance, go check it out. If you haven't checked it out yet, it's available um, on demand. Modern Family, the series finale. Uh, and of course, I mentioned to you guys, if you're following on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, or Facebook, you know that I finally committed and I'm watching Tiger King, right? I mean, I, I, I right? I had to. It was almost like I was, I felt like I was forced into it and have a choice. Uh, and I will tell you, you know, although I'm only four episodes in, um, I will tell you that uh, I don't typically use profanity on the show, but um, it is some really <laughs> shit. It really, really is. So if you haven't had a chance to um, to check out check out Tiger King, and you know what? It's funny because you know I've been a couple. I've been getting some comments from different people uh, back and forth. Some people love it. Some people are like, "Hey, man, that show is totally." <laughs> so I just you know whatever I. I take the good and the bad. In this case, I'm doing it because I see that there's a lot of conversation about it. Uh, Carol and uh, Mr. Mr. Exotic, and I just <laughs> it is absolutely just blow your mind um, out there like crazy, just shenanigans all over the place. And I just I really want to see where this is all going to turn out. And I will be honest with you, I really had no interest in it until I heard the president mention it um, when he was at, when he was questioned about Joe Exotic and if he, and he was going to look into the situation so i'm like you know what this this is definitely something interesting and there's a lot of people uh, watching so i should be in the know and i have been watching it and again i i'm just short of like blown away by it um so if you have a chance to go check it out it's on netflix tiger king uh you 
<laughs> You'll definitely get a laugh out of that. And uh, it's funny because I'm watching it with my wife and my daughter, and it's a constant just just laughing. It's if it's not the thing is is it's, it's something funny for everybody. You know what I mean? Just, you, if you watch it once, you watch it again. You're just constantly picking out these things, and you just when you realize that there are all kinds. They, they were really they really are all kinds. Um, another great uh, show that's out on Netflix, uh, The Innocence Files. If you guys haven't checked this out, definitely great binge. Uh, I believe it's two seasons fantastic and again it's it's a you know it's obviously murder mystery but in this case it's uh a lot of these people that were you know pretty much innocent and then you know, found guilty and for whatever reason at some point they found innocent but the system just doesn't there's no way to really release them out of the system so you got you got to check it out you got to check it out the innocence files uh, and of course i mentioned before the confessions tapes that is phenomenal if you haven't gone and seen that yet absolutely blow your mind i mean there's so much about it that just is so interesting um, about the way that it's done, but just, just, you know what human control and the ability to, 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 to make people do things. It just, it absolutely blows your mind. Uh, and one of the, uh, actually two other ones, uh, first one is dirty money, which was really good. Ca- caught a couple episodes of that. And that is, um, it's a couple of episodes and each one is different. You know, one was like about Volkswagen and the way that Volkswagen was programming their computers to trick the emissions and lie about the emissions and things like that. So it's all about like, you know, the banks and, uh, the, 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 the uh, housing crisis and all, yeah, the, all of that. So the, every episode covers it. So if you have that chance, go check that out. Absolutely amazing. And of course I, I, and I mentioned this show because I always, it's always a go-to for me. Uh, no matter what I'm doing, I don't have to be paying attention. If I just want some lighthearted, witty banter, I always, always enjoy American dad. I do. I love it. Seth MacFarlane. I think he's fantastic. I think the show is amazing. Roger, the the, the the alter ego is everything about the show is absolutely hilarious. So don't be so uptight and go check it out. It's an awesome show. Uh, so those are my recommendations for shows. I go, I hope you guys uh, go and check it out. I know the Tiger King one is a little controversial, but you do what you want. It's up to you. But for me, um, <laughs> I did find it. I did find it amusing. I, I really did. Uh, so guys, that's pretty much the episode. I, I mean, I, I we've come full circle. Uh, I just wanted to get a nice, wholesome, um, rewarding, fulfilling podcast out there with some great music and talk about a really great time, uh, like the '60s, right? I mean, what were we? What, I mean, what were our concerns in the '60s, right? 1969 coming into the '70s, really, what were our, our concerns? You know, obviously, we're at war, coming out of war. Um, it always seems like we go through these cycles, you know what I mean? It just, it's, if it's not one thing, it's another, you know, September 11th happened and now this is happening and all of these little things in between, but somehow we always, um, we always prevail, right? We always, we always somehow succeed and, you know, through all the smoke, through all the flames, through all the rubble, uh, we seem to find a way. And I think, I believe honestly in my heart that we will find our way through this, um, this, this, this terrible pandemic. I mean, it's just a matter of time. You see the best in people in the worst of times. And that's exactly the case now. So many people are doing so much, you know, in every aspect. And I don't care what it is you're doing out there. You know, even the tech buffs, you know what they're doing? They're running all the 3D scanners and they're creating masks and face shields. And right, the doctors and they're, they're developing and, and, and coming up with new ways to treat patients. You know, even realizing that, you know, just by, just by rolling a patient over on their side is helping them with the ability to breathe again. Uh, so all of these things, it just, it's all momentum. It's all time. And unfortunately it just, that's what it is. It takes time for us to develop, 
you know, these, um, these antibodies and these, these vaccines. And, uh, you know, I, I almost sound frustrated, you know, and I, and I mentioned, you know, in, in this podcast in 1969, we were landing on the moon, we landed on the moon and here we are in 2020 and somehow we, we can't figure out how to stop this terrible virus from, um, it's continued destruction, right? I mean, it's just, it's frustrating for me. I'm sure it's frustrating for you, but I also try to keep in mind and understand that these things take time and it's just, it's just the way it is. You just need time for these things to, whatever it is, it's either they, they need to, um, grow them in a lab and then create the, the, the vaccines and then, you know, uh, do clinical tests to get the people to find out if it actually works. Um, I get all that. It, it, it's time. But unfortunately, I think we're in a situation now where um, time is not on our side. And and you know what? I want the world to be the way that it was before. And as I know you do, but, it, but it's never going to happen unless we get a vaccine. I mean, I, I honestly believe that in my heart. The only way that we're going to get away with not walking around with masks on our face. And, you know, if I actually, <laughs> a true story, true story. I'm in total confidence, guys. You know, I'm always honest with you guys. I went grocery shopping yesterday, had to go do a couple of things. And my last stop was actually going to the, to the uh, convenience store to pick up some alcohol. Um, and quite honestly, I forgot to bring my mask in with me. I wore my mask the whole time, and then I went into the convenience store, and I forgot to bring it with me. And there was really nobody in the store anyway. I mean, I know it's, I'm not making excuses, but I didn't have it. And you know what? When I looked over at the counter, you would have thought that I walked in there with an, with, with like an, an M16, and I was going to shoot the place up the way they were looking at me. And it just, you know, I'm just grabbing some some quick bottles, and I'm, I'm out of here. Like, I'm keeping my social distance. I'm doing the six feet thing. But just relax a minute. I mean, I get it, but everybody is so panicked about this thing. Like, don't treat me differently because I don't have a mask on at the second. I've had a mask on for days, man. It's gotten to the point where I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm inhaling more carbon dioxide than I am than I am oxygen. So I'm, I think my brain, I think I'm killing brain cells, right? I think we're all killing brain cells, right, at this point. I mean, wearing a mask all day long. But anyway, long story short, they sold me the liquor and I left anyway. So I don't care. Say what you want. doesn't mean nothing to me. Right, because I'm sure you guys are doing it. I mean, if you guys are working, right? Unless you're home, um, which I hope you are, right? If you're home, I mean, imagine all the amazing things you could be accomplishing and, and doing. Maybe write that book. Maybe write those memoirs, huh? Yeah, I think so. Maybe call somebody you haven't spoken to in a long time. I keep mentioning that, huh? Why don't you do that? Reach out to somebody you haven't spoken to in a long time. Hear their voice. Have a new conversation, right? Why not? Why not? What else you got to do, right? But if you're working, I'm sure you're busy. I mean, I, I'm super busy and I'm trying to manage work, you know, manage life. And then now I, I got a garden, right? So now I got all this responsibility and, I, and I'm talking about chickens, right? So I don't know where I'm going to find the time for all this, but um, I'm sure I get some help from my family and we'll be just fine. Um, and as I'm sure you are all getting the help you need from your family. But um, ultimately, guys, we have to remember, I think at this point, you know, taking care of each other is very, very important. You know, maintaining the social distancing, maintaining the separation, trying to stay away from one another as much as possible. Um, I think that's the only way we're going to get through this until, again, until we get the vaccine. Uh, until we get the vaccine, you guys, you know what? It's going to be parties at your house, parties at my house, but nobody's going to be invited, right? You, we're all going to be FaceTiming each other because you're just, you're just not going to have anybody around because nobody's going to want to take a chance to get sick, right? I mean, how catastrophic is, you know, for example, perfect example, if you cut hair, right? What if you cut hair and you get the coronavirus and then you get a full day of, of, of clients coming in and you're cutting all their hair? 
I mean, that's a devastating situation, right? Because everybody you came in contact with, you're literally touching their face or touching their head, right? Now they all have, like, so it's those situations that you kind of get worried about, um, especially the kind of freaked out about the whole thing in Florida and them opening the beaches. It's like, okay, what's next? And you wonder how many more people um, are going to be affected or going to die because of this decision, right? How many people would not have died if we just let the beaches closed a little longer until we can maybe catch up with this thing instead of saying, hey, we're just going to, I don't know, I don't get it. I don't understand, like, what are they losing, right? I mean, it, I mean, does it cost any money to go on the beach, right? Is it, right? And that's, how's that helping the economy? It's just, it's just, it's just encouraging people to leave the house. That's what I think, right? But that's, Again, that's just one man's opinion. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. But guys, I mean, that's that's pretty much the episode. I I hope all is well, guys. I just want to say a couple of quick things before we um, before I walk us out of here. And of course, if you guys haven't done so already, remember the show has a Patreon, uh, the Bobby Kudo Show, and uh, always looking for a sponsorship. And in this case, I want to just reach out and say thank you to Gary um, with White Kurt Realtors, and Gary continues to sponsor the show. Uh, and if you have any realty uh, questions, realty needs, uh, or just want to dabble, um, give them a call uh, or text them, 508-415-4177. Or you can send them an email at cabg2711 at yahoo.com. Again, cell phone, 508-415-4177. Shoot them a message. Say, hey, Gary, what's up? Heard about you on the Bobby Kudo Show. And Bobby said that you can help me out. So give him a shout, all right? Do that. Do that. And of course, support the show, guys. I mentioned Patreon uh, and, of course, Etsy. Uh, www.etsy forward slash shop forward slash The Bobby Kuto Show. All right? Go go support the show. Go get a t-shirt. Um, tank tops. I got them back up. Tank tops are there. I got some beanies. I got some hats. I got some visors. All cool stuff. Go, go check it out. Go check it out. Go get some Bobby Kuto official gear you're going to regret it if you don't because i know i'll be sporting it everybody will be sporting it and you're going to be the only one that doesn't have it so get over there and go order something right and help the show and you know you want to you know you want to do that right so do it and of course www.thebobbykudoshow.com the website go check it out cool stuff there uh, I've integrated a couple of a um, couple of different things there. You can kind of go in. You can check out Etsy right from the uh, website. You can check out Instagram. You can check out Twitter. I have links to all the um, the streaming platforms that the Bobby Kudo Show is available on. So it's like a one-stop shop. Whatever you want to look at and check out. Um, I got some of my mugs on there too. So if you're curious about what you know, hey, what does Bobby Kudo look like? Go check it out. Let's see. I'm a pretty good-looking guy. I've been told anyway. Right? I've been told. Yeah, I've been told that. I'm telling you. <laughs> so go check it out. Again, TikTok, guys. Go check it out. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, all available there. And um, and that's pretty much it, guys. I just, you know, I hope you're all doing well. Uh, just another week of this um, this struggle, right? This this marathon. I hope everyone has a, a happy, safe Patriots Day. Uh, although for us, you know, Patriots Day typically really is the... Um, Boston Marathon, but you know, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. Uh, the mayor and the mayor's been very specific about it. You know, to telling people, listen, don't, don't run the marathon. Don't, don't try to be a hero because you're just going to end up getting yourself arrested. And I agree. I mean, you just you can't be blocking the roads. And again, if you're going to maintain that social distancing, it's got to be, um, it's got to be for everybody. Otherwise, yep. And then. <laughs> And then it's all over, right? We can't, we can't have that. Because then at the end, it's all. And then what do you do? 
So with that said, guys, I hope you, this finds you all well. Uh, remember that I all I love you all equally uh, and always look forward to um, delivering this message to you. So make sure you get hit us up, thebobbycudoshow at gmail.com. Send me, send me an email. Uh, again, any questions, anything you want to know. Uh, if you're interested in sponsoring the show, again, very eager to get some sponsorship going with the show. Want to take the show to the next level. Uh, really looking to invest um, in a couple of things, trademark being one of them, uh, just for safety's sake. You know, again, we're, we're out there and the show is getting um, a lot of momentum, a lot of traction. And I really want to protect our content and my content um, so that way we can have it here forever. Right. I want my great, great grandchildren to be able to listen to this stuff and enjoy it. And as I want your great, great grandchildren to listen to it and enjoy it and remember and know that who was talking about 1969. Right. Nobody. Right? You can't find a podcast like this out there. I don't care who you are. You go try to find a podcast like this that's this rounded with this much topic and this much substance and such great music. Nowhere, right? Only here. And I appreciate that, guys. I want to say thank you to every single one of you. I really, really appreciate it. The fans um, who are always, always contributing, always have a comment. Um, I'm so thankful for all of it. And um, I hope um, I hope you're all doing okay. And I hope that your families are all doing okay. And with that said, guys, remember, all roads lead here.